We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everybody, what is going on? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for locking in. We are starting. I'm excited about this. It's going to be the first of a five-week series that's going to run every Wednesday leading up to the NFL Draft. A seven-round Buffalo Bills mock draft. I did this last year, this exercise with Aaron Quinn from Cover One. I thought it was not only just fun, but it was informative as well. So, of course, I got my man back. For a second straight year, I mean, I have you on throughout the year, but this specific exercise, uh, I look forward to doing with you a lot, man. Huh? You know what? Greg Thompson always says your partner at Cover One. He never says, how you doing? He's like, how we doing? How we doing tonight? Living the dream, man. I appreciate you having me back on uh, for this again this year. You know what I really appreciate, though, is that you call this an exercise because it's that is really what it is. I don't. First of all, I don't get into mocks until this period of time settles when free agency right. We're kind of coming off that second wave of free agency that's sort of settled. You, you maybe Bean makes another move or two, but you have a good idea what you're heading into the draft with. And so, this now that it is mock season, I think it's officially mock season. You're really looking for this isn't a prediction, right? Like you're not going right. in there. I'm not anyway. I don't use the mocks as a way to make predictions. What I use it as is based on these big boards, what are some of the possibilities that we could run into? What happens if I don't take a cornerback in the first two rounds? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I looking at? Maybe what if I don't take a wide receiver? Am I going to totally whiff out? It's going through those simulations and scenarios to kind of see what different things can present themselves for the bills. But in no way is this a predictive or we think the bills are going to do this or that. It's just a thought exercise to familiarize yourself with these draft prospects with this whole thing heading into the draft. Yeah, I completely agree. I said this last year. I'll say it every year. I, I like mock drafts to an extent. I don't really, I, they're, they're not accurate. Then nobody's accurate because Nobody. all it takes is one thing to happen. A bad and, big board. Exactly. And yeah. then things go, I agree with everything you said. And also, what I remember most from doing this last year was there were times and I mean, I can't remember specific names, but I do yeah. remember there would be positions where we were like, all right, well, let's wait and see what would happen around later. And then the way it would go, like a lot of guys would be gone and then we would yeah. be screwed without, uh, you know, and then that's a learning, right? That's a learning simulation. You like, right. okay, well, if, man, if they don't take a wide receiver in those first two rounds, you might miss out. Like that's the point of going through these processes for me. Yeah. Um, while they're fun to post on Twitter and talk about and be like, well, and that's another thing we should lay some ground rules. The mentions of, of when we post these are going to be, why didn't you take X then? You know, like what, how there's no way that guy's going to fall the pick, whatever. Like you're always, you're going to get these people that say, there's no way that's going to happen. It's like, Hey, we don't control the big board. We don't control this process. We're just playing it as it is right now. So Bryce Hall might be there yeah. uh, in the second round and we might have to take him. Right. Let me lay out some, uh, I don't want to say rules, but just some guidelines for everybody who maybe they didn't listen to our series last year and they're tuning in now. We are going to be using uh, the draft network model, by the way, shout out Joe Marino. Yeah, um, great work. What, what this is going to do, and we're going to do this live. And another difference between this year and last year was last year, this was only audio. 
Right. So those, you know, Spotify. I could see you last year. When we did. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe that's a good thing. But ah. so what? We're also recording this on YouTube now. Look, I would say this too. I, I, I've, I've made no bones about it. I actually prefer to people, generally speaking, listen to the podcast because I just think it's easier, and I think the audio quality is a little bit better on the audio side on like Spotify and Apple. I don't YouTube. know. I think your setup's nice, though. All those listeners don't get to see your. Nice I appreciate setup. you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I would say, I think for this exercise, at least when I have Aaron on for this series, if you have the ability to, you might want to jump on YouTube and watch this because what's going to be different is I'm going to have up on the screen once we get started um, the Draft Network model, and we you'll be able to see instead of us just subscribing, and you'll actually, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see us going through this simulation. And to Aaron's point, the way it works is the draft network is going to simulate all the other teams, all 31 other teams. And when the bills are on the clock, that's when we'll start having discussions and stuff like that. But you'll see how it folds out. So like you said, if, the, if you really wanted, say, I don't know, a corner in the first round, but then you look the way the board plays out, there might be six, seven corners gone before the bills even pick a 25. Then it's like, do you want the yeah. seventh or eighth Smith corner? And Again, you're, and, you're able to see this. So to your point, it's like, this is not, it's not completely in our control. We don't get to no. control what the teams and do besides the bills. I'll also give a fair warning to where I'm at personally in my scouting or looking into this draft class, right? Like I spent a lot of time on free agency, so I'm a little behind the ball here. So a lot of it, I'm also relying on the big boards of these websites sure. that I'm going to where there's trusted scouts. I know Joe Marino, Crabs, those guys, and I can look at their profiles that's the beauty of the draft network is if you don't know a player you can click the profile get an idea for hey is this guy even a fit at this position at this pick because that's another part of this thought exercise is who are these guys that may be available within this range so there's going to be some learning uh that we do as an audience as an audience with us here uh as we learn about these prospects over the next five weeks yeah for sure and look i mean the draft network is great they got their rankings and they're predictive you know, the way the board's going to go. And that's what we're but, using for yeah, this. None exercise. of them are perfect. Right, the best exactly. ones are still like 80 something percent. I've already seen guys that are, you know, the draft network might have a guy, a wide receiver is the 18th ranked 18th. And then on CBS sports, he's 47th. You know what I mean? Right. So they're going to yeah. vary uh, from point to point. We'll get to the actual mock in just a minute. You know, I was thinking though, because the, the quarterback quarterback in a carousel has just been nuts since mm. free agency started over this last couple of weeks. It's like, isn't it nice? Doesn't it just feel good, Aaron, to be able to sit here and the one thing you're not going to have to worry about in this mock draft or just generally speaking as a quarterback, and it, it's a good feeling because yeah. these teams are giving up so much to make trades and uh, they're, you know, they're just fishing for quarterbacks because their guys have busted, whatever it may be. It is nice from a Bills perspective right now to just be able to sit back and you know, the most important position is one position that you don't even need to think twice about. I mean, maybe you take a late round quarterback and you want him to develop him, but you know what sure. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a fantastic spot to be in. This is what all we've ever wanted, right? Like that, that when you get that guy, it's the one thing you don't have to worry about, which might be the most important position in all of sports. So it's fantastic. My brother's a bears fan. And uh, when they were drafting and he was like sending me clips of fields and all these different guys. And it's like, man, wouldn't know. I don't have to do that anymore. And uh, that sort of, you know, for him being a bears man, there's still anxiety of Is he the guy, you know, and they're not as excited as we are knowing that your guy is the guy. So once you hit that hurdle uh, and you have that guy, I mean, this window's open as long as he's here, man. I know everyone wants to win on this rookie deal before that big money kicks in, but even when that big money kicks in, Josh is to the point where he's dragging this team to being a competitor each and every year. So it's an exciting time. Uh, I don't miss the dark ages of all these, the carousel of average quarterbacks coming through. And then you're saying, Oh, well he worked on his hitch this off season. Maybe that'll take fits to the next level or whatever it is. We know we got the guy uh, and he's already gone to the next level. So yeah. it's a pretty cool feeling. It, it's a great feeling. And I remember going back to 2018, I started this podcast and, February of 2018. So it was only not even two months old during right. draft season in 2018. And uh, I had a couple pie, not, nothing to the extent that we're doing now, but I, I remember having Benjamin Albright on and yeah. he had less than flattering things to say about Josh Allen. This was before, the but he draft. was the first one on the bill's interest really on Allen. Yeah, absolutely. Already. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He was, but he, he wasn't a fan personally. And it, right. it's funny. I went on Facebook today and, uh, 
and you know how you have your Facebook memories from a year ago, 10 years ago, whatever mm-hmm. long you've been on, on that date. And yeah. I had a couple statuses talking about the draft. I was half right because I was saying there's no way the Bills are. I, I was telling, you know, my friends because they think yeah. I'm smarter than I am with football. But I was just talking about, I had a couple statuses about the Bills trading up. And I said, yeah. there's no doubt they're trading up. However, I was so high and it, it's embarrassing now on to Baker look back. Mayfield. I was so high on Baker Mayfield, man. Yeah, me too. I wanted him yeah. so bad. Rosen, I was a big Rosen Yeah, guy. I, I didn't diss Josh Allen, like at least on my Facebook status, at least not on this date anyway, from what I was looking at. Right. Man, I was so, so high on Baker Mayfield, man. Thank God I'm not the general manager of the Buffalo Absolutely. Bills. Or that they didn't have an opportunity to get him, I should say. so. Absolutely. Uh you know, another thing too, one thing I want to let everybody know, I think you and I have the same philosophy on this. We're one of those, I think we're both the type of guy who generally speaking, again, if it's a quarterback, of course not, but we're going to take the, the best player available more often than not. You know what it's I'm saying? It's a mix. Yeah. yeah. It's a mix of best player available. It's a equation who the best player available is and what the need is and how close that is within a tier. Right. But yeah, more times than not, we're going to look nothing's going to stop me from taking a good player at a position that you people th- that certain people don't think is a positional value pick, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm okay with taking a running back in those first three rounds. A lot of people won't even look at running back until after the third round because they don't think there's positional value. I'm not that rigid. Let's see what the board shows us. The board's going to tell you who the best player is. So if, if it's a running back and it's early and he's by far the best player, sign me up. Uh, I would, I would point an example of, taking the best player over necessarily biggest need might be the Bengals last year. I mean, everybody in yeah. every mock was talking about Penny Sewell and they oh, ended I up taking, a, they taking a receiver. Taking... Yeah. They took chase and I mean, turned out to be a, a great pick for them. But yeah, yeah. generally speaking, I, I, well, I agree. Funny their season ended with Burrow getting sacked. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> is you yeah. can't have it all, right? I, I, you're right. I got a feeling he would have been playing in that game though, if they didn't no, draft Jamar Chase sure. fifth overall and if they would have taken a rookie tackle. But yeah, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, one other thing too. So we started this week because we, you know, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago about doing this series again, and I definitely wanted to wait a week until after free agency, because the one yeah. thing like even calling this as an exercise is informative and fun to an extent, but you can't do a mock draft to me. I mean, you can, it always makes for good water cooler talk. You can do one sure. in the first week of January if you want, it's sure. going to make for good water cooler talk, but you can't put any stock into it whatsoever because I mean, if you would have said last week, if we would have did this last week, this would have been mock draft version one. We would have spent a hell of a lot of time, I think, anyway, talking about defensive end. And yeah. I really don't think you're going to be doing that. Not early, anyway. They go right. on, they sign Von Miller. They lose Harrison Phillips, but they go on and they get three defensive tackles. Yeah, I think defensive interior was like that first three rounds you had to find somebody just a week ago, right? Every, that was the draft talk. You got to find one of those big bodies. Now... Maybe you could still draft a guy, but it's going to be tough for a guy to get in on this rotation the way they set it in free agency. Yeah, I agree. Um, wide receiver, before we get into yeah. this, that's a, yep. it's, it's a really hot topic like on Twitter because... I haven't been on Twitter all day. Is it getting hot? It's getting hot. I think it's been hot to an extent. It's like, you know, we know what the Bills needs are going into this. The biggest needs on paper, obviously cornerback, that's going to be right at the top. Interior offensive line is going to be a much bigger need if Ryan Bates doesn't end up back in Buffalo, which is a very real possibility. I mean, he's visited three teams. He's going to get an offer. It's going to come down to whether the Bills decide to match it or not. Um, But those are two positions there. Wide receiver is, I mean, you can never have enough weapons. That's It's like, do you really need another receiver right now? Because if they draft another receiver right now, where is he slotting in right away? You know what I'm saying? Jameson Crowder is like a legitimate, he's going to come in and take. Yeah. most of that Beasley work, I would think. Right. I think he's legitimate year number three. Um, and so that really filled the hole of, hey, if we draft a guy high, I want him to come in and play a role. I guess what that, that would do is give you the buffer to take a Jamison Williams if you want to stash him for a year and make mm-hmm. sure he's healthy or, or wait you know, until half the year and then rotate him in. Uh, through the, I think it might that might be the kind of move that that is where you could still take a receiver high, but he's more of a, Hey, let's stash him and, and get him healthy and see what, what he can develop into. Yeah. And I mean, besides that, to bring McKenzie back, I don't know if we're ready to write off Marquez Stevenson. Only going I think they're battling. Two. They're battling for fourth yeah. receiver, McKenzie Stevenson, yeah. uh, Hodgkins. No, yeah. I'm just, I, I don't, it's not a need compared to other positions, but again, right. it's, you could add the mindset of, uh, you know, 
You can always have more. You can always, more. yeah, you, you can always have more. I did look up one thing too, because offensive guard is something I talked about on Twitter and people were like, yeah. hell no, hell no. Over the last five years, there's been eight cornerbacks that have been between pick 25, where the Bills are picking now in the first round, and pick yep. 32 at the end of the first round. There's been eight corners that have been taken during between 25 and 32. There's been zero guards taken between 25 and 32 in the last five years. You have to go back to 2016. Joshua Garnett was drafted uh, 27th overall by Frisco, and he's bounced around three teams or down the league. Just one player. I'm just saying the precedent is you don't see many guards that are drafted late in the first round, which I actually sure. thought kind of uh, surprised me. One thing, and then we are definitely drafting that we'll probably talk about maybe in, over the next couple of weeks because we are doing this for five weeks, is I think a sneaky need, not in round one, because I don't even think there's a player worthy of round one. Or I actually there's one, but I think it'll be gone. But inside linebacker might be a low-key sneaky need for the Bills if, if you don't think they're going to extend Tremaine Edmonds, hmm? I'm not hearing it from you. I'm not hearing this from you right now. No, why not? We'll Tremaine Edmonds we'll might not be we'll here it. beyond this year. They're going to extend train it, Tremaine Edmonds. You heard it here first. You think so? They're going to get it done. They're going to get it done. You know what? He knows it. Look, I don't know how the money is going to be there. I don't know where the money is going to come from. But every time I say he can't get something done, he does, and he does, finds a creative way to get it done. I think they get Tremaine Edmonds done. I think it's a priority. We'll see. I was wrong on Harrison Phillips. I said Harrison Phillips was going to be a priority this uh, offseason. That wasn't true, but I think I think Tremaine will be. You know, I didn't mind Harrison Phillips leaving. That that doesn't bother me. I think the Bills... Not now that we got Tim Settle. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like the position better now with what they brought in. Mm -hmm. But corner, are you surprised? Like if we would have had... Excuse me, I had some phlegm in me. If you would have had this conversation a month ago about yeah. Levi Wallace, it would have been about you know, $70 million. In fact, we did have this conversation a month ago. I wouldn't have been surprised if I would have said corner is a glaring need because we both might right. have concluded that he was going to go get paid big time somewhere else. Yep, He did go somewhere else, but he didn't get paid big time. He only got $8 million nah. over two years. Does that surprise you a little bit? Because if, if they brought Levi back, maybe corner's not quite the priority that we think it might be right now. Well, so a couple of things. I think the fan base would still absolutely think it's the same priority i think a lot of people maybe see the value of levi wallace now that he's gone and that cornerback market has dried up i think the, the contract he got was probably fair i i've always been a levi wallace levi wallace is an adequate cornerback too like he's yep. a good floor player mm -hmm. that if what happens right here where you miss out on free agency and you don't upgrade the position well then you might as well bring that guy back so i'm disappointed that he didn't come back because you didn't upgrade the position and there's still some guys out there there's bryce callahan there's I don't know. Some people like Patrick Peterson. I think he's past uh, the due date a little bit for that. But so I don't think you're going to upgrade from Levi Wallace with what's left. Maybe if Gilmore was to take a sweetheart deal for a year, but none of those are likely scenarios. I think you're going to have a little bit of a downgrade, probably a little bit of an older player. Uh, and that's a bummer, but that's how business is. Sometimes I think the bills and Levi probably, came to more of a mutual thing of, Hey, I'm going to move on with my career. You guys keep trying to replace me. That's a priority. I want to go somewhere else and try to establish myself. I'm assuming is sort of the conversation they had. Cause at that price, you would think the bills could have matched that to bring them back knowing, you know, if they were going to miss out, we know they were in on some of these cornerbacks. They just missed out on them. Let's take a real quick break. And on the other side, we're going to come right back and get this mock draft going. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I'm back with Aaron Quinn, our Buffalo Bills mock draft version one of five. We're going to be dropping this every Wednesday morning for you guys. All right, so I'm going to pull it up on the screen again. If you're watching, no, no trades. There's, oh yeah, that's right. We are going to do some with trades, but this is not going to be one. Later. So the first Later one on. is going to be no trades, and the Bills. You know, I have it in front of me, and I'll get to it in a second. But first and foremost, let, let me pull up the screen again. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see this. If not, you just have to to listen. And uh, take our words. Here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to set this up for a full seven rounds because we're going to do seven rounds. I'm selecting the bills and uh, I'm using the draft network model. So we're going to go seven rounds and fat. We'll put it on fast. We don't need to, you know, go tick by tick. Yeah, we can look back. (laughs) We're not making trades. There's some annoying chick on the screen, by the way. I'm going to have to get the premium version before next week. (laughs) Are you allowed to say chick? Are we allowed to say that stuff? Uh, I don't know, man. Are you going to get canceled? I might. I might. Oh, man. All right. So let's let's get started here. So we're going to hit start. And now, so the the way this is working, like we explained, the computer is simulating, and Aaron can see this hopefully good. Jamison Williams already off the board. On his his end, the first 24 picks are, we we can't control the first 24 picks. So we're going to have to wait till the Bills are on the clock. All right, so the Bills will be on the clock at 25. Let's, I'll, I'll start from, I'm not going to read off every single sure. guy here, but because some of them, you know, we never really would think twice about it. I think anyway. Trent McDuffie, people would love to see if he fell. Um, he goes at 11 here to Washington Commanders. Andrew Booth is another person people are talking about. Maybe he can fall uh, and be one of those corners that's on the board. He goes 12th, so right after that pick. Um, go ahead and keep scrolling. I don't know. Yeah, and, and Jabo, Jameson uh, Williams, James, Jameson Williams did go eight yeah. to Atlanta. I mean, that's really high. But hey, I mean, all it takes is one. Kyrie team. Elam went very high here at nineteen to Philly. That's a guy that I see floating around in the second sometimes in these mock drafts. So again, in a scenario like this, is a great thought exercise that say a team is way higher on somebody than you think, and they come up, it pushes somebody back. You should guys should see, and you will hear the people that are watching it uh, will see. And if if you're listening, who's available? Here now is kind of crazy the way the talent got pushed back just with a couple different picks. I I'm going to tell you right now I'm not a fan of the way this played out because I have I don't want to talk about it too much before we started drafting, but yeah. under the right circumstance I was team take a guard in the first round. I yeah, started thinking sure. about last year with two defensive ends early that I think were supposed to be developing for next year. I think Rizzo just happened to play well early on, and then of course Spencer Brown was a future pick who became a starter as a rookie. I thought guard would be a really good place to take one, but um, Kenyon Green went literally one pick to Dallas before. That was a guy that I was interested in, and Zion Johnson went pick 20 to Pittsburgh. So both those guards are both gone. And Tyler Linderbaum. We'll find some interior. mm -hmm, Tyler Linderbaum, uh, a center, he went pick 16 to Philly. I don't know, maybe could play guard for a year and then became a center, you know, once Morris moves on. Yeah. All right, so that's where we're at. Uh, Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver, is gone. Um, so how many corners ended up going here? We got one. Uh, looks like Hill. I think they're trying to make him a corner. So Trent McDuffie, Booth, uh, Stingley. Stingley, Stingley, Sauce Gardner, and Sauce. All right, so what position? You know, I'm gonna. Aaron's gonna tell me what he wants, and then I got the uh, I got the mouse here, so I'll be pulling right. up a couple. So of positions. just keeping it here in the general position. So this is the based on the uh, TDNs, the Draft Network's predictive board. So the board that they work off of with all these their big boards and stuff. I don't know what their algorithm is, but anyways, 
uh, the top player available right now is Jordan Davis. And you would, if I was Brandon Bean, you would have a hard time holding me yeah. down for making a phone call for this guy, even though you address this position uh, the way you did in free agency. I don't know. Like none of those guys are long-term answers at anything really. And so I, I think you could bring a guy like this in and maybe Jordan Phillips doesn't make the roster. If you bring this guy in something like that, and he really pans out. I don't know, but you'd have a hard time for me keeping a guy like that with that. We saw his explosiveness in the combine and we saw it pop on tape. I know there's the worry a month ago. Can this guy be worth the 25th pick because he's not a three down player, but now it's, most people are saying this guy's not going to fall out of the top 15. So if he's sitting there at 25, Jordan Davis is one that's tough for me to walk away from and pick maybe more of a need like Traylon Burks is sitting there um, real high up here. Drake London. I know a lot of people are higher on him uh, than I am. Uh, Alave is a guy that I would normally love. Chris Alave at Ohio State is a guy that I would love at this pick. But man, it's hard for me. I don't know. What do you think? Can you talk me off of? Jordan Davis here for one of these receivers. Here's the problem where I really hope people are paying attention to what our concept is, because if we make the pick with Jordan Davis, I know 90%, 95% of the interaction is going to be how oh, Jordan Davis ain't going to be there. Well, yeah. he is there because this is the mock that we're doing. And again, we're doing this in real time. We didn't control the 24 picks. Before. Who knows? Maybe on mock night, uh, some picture with a grass mask will come out or on draft night. I mean, some bad picture will come out and he'll slip to 25. Right. I I, I I did not come into this exercise thinking for two seconds about Jordan Davis because I did not think he was going to be available. I was thinking corner. I was thinking yeah. wide receiver and I was thinking guard. The guard has already been taken care of because the two guys that I definitely think were worthy of a late first round pick are both gone. So I really yeah. don't think that's a... Uh, if really you are option. thinking, you would mention for, for people that believe inside linebackers something that we should be looking at. If you really wanted to get crazy, uh, can you pull up the back, back to the main screen? I think it was Dean is still available and on the board there. Uh, yeah. Nicobe Dean yep. out of Georgia. That would be your guy to replace Tremaine Edmonds with. If you are really worried that you're going to lose him in a year. Yeah. Well, again, I would normally say hell no, but last year's draft really showed me that Brandon Bean truly is not, drafting just for their rookie season. He's drafting for the next yeah. four to five years with these guys. So. Especially if, if they say maybe they weren't prepared for that Von Miller move and some of the, what that cap hit's going to do. I don't know where they're going to find the money for Tremaine Edmonds, but I've said this before. I remember all last offseason, we were like, God, I remember those graphics floating around. There's no way they're going to bring back Darrell Williams and Matt Milano. And then boom, free agency happened. Bean found a way to bring those guys back. So every time I question what he can add to this team, he finds a way to prove me wrong. So. We'll oh, see. The top three corners uh, on the board available right now is uh, Kyler Gordon, Tariq Wooden, and Roger McCrary. Because I know a lot yeah. of people are going to say, well, corner, you know, how long are we going to keep for sure, going yeah. corner? I uh, like all three of those players. I just... <sighs> well, you're ultimately in charge. Tough, I'm, man, I'm gonna... that's, a, that's a reach for need, right? That's a... When a player like Jordan Davis is sitting there and these are probably second round players, maybe not even first round players, and Jordan Davis is a top 15 potential player i mean what did i just tell you five minutes ago about cincinnati last year you know right. best player versus need corner is obviously a big need interior offensive line especially right now it's not but jordan davis a player how do you pass him up i don't think you can yeah let's take him it's a thought exercise and it'll probably earn me some hate tweets so hate tweets because it's a bad pick or hate tweets because it's unrealistic to think that he's going to be there Maybe unrealistic. I think maybe people would argue the positional value still um, that I think there's still a lot of people that believe that he's just a two down guy. But here's the thing. All those guys along the Buffalo Bills defensive line are two down guys like that's their rotation. So we'll see. This one might get me a lot of burn. Fair uh, enough. Here too. Fair, fair enough. There's a lot of nice running backs here now that we're sitting into the second round. We are here in round two. So the Bills will be picking 57th and uh have right. to see McCreary right there over for especially like uh Anthony Prahashka Prahowska. Um Roger McCreary over there. Goes two picks, to, to two picks before the Bills yeah. or three picks for the Bills and the Patriots. Um Pickens to Miami Dolphins loading up that wide receiver room. That's tough. Yeah. Um uh Tree Woolen off the board. Uh can you scroll up? What pick was that? 
streak. Well, in 45th to uh, the Ravens. Yep, he went to the Ravens. So, you know, I remember this. It's already Tyler coming Gordon back to me from Texans last year. It, I'm telling you, Aaron, it's already came back to me from last year. I remember this last year. Now, now I remember the position. It was corner. We didn't go corner round one. And by the time we got in round two, a lot of corners were gone where there was no more value. And we did at least some of our mocks. We I'm didn't gonna, even end up taking a corner until like the fifth or sixth round. I'm going to get you. I got the teaser. We'll get you in the next round. I got a corner <laughs> for you. I promise you. All right. Well, I know the algorithm here. Let's go. All right. Well, All right. so here's let's if you want to go to the big board first. Yeah. So at the big board, because this is an interesting one. This is an interesting oh debate. We just saw uh, Matt Miller tweeted it out. And then um, Daniel Jeremiah in his most recent mock mocked at 25. He mocked the Bills taking he a did. running back with Hall uh, at the pick 25. And so then Matt Miller tweeted out that there was some smoke about him uh, being in the late part of the first round as a team talking about him there. And so he's sitting here, Hall's sitting here. Uh, you have Isaiah Spiller and Kenneth Walker, the third. So three running backs are at the top of this uh, draft networks board. And I get this a lot. This is one that I run into. And this is a, a fun one because people are kind of on two sides of the fence philosophically when they come to running back, like, there's a lot of people out there that round one is absolutely not like there's no scenario in the world that you can talk some of these people into a running back in round one, no matter what, doesn't matter if you're picking 32nd, they're not taking a running back. And then there's some people that are a little bit looser and they don't do it within that top three range, right? Like they believe you can get a running back in the fourth or fifth and the value for that player is not a lot different, you know, per, per round you go up. And then there's people like me that think, like add good players to your football team regardless of where you can find them. So there's three good running backs here. So this one's a tough one for me to draft. Again, this is not a position need. You'd get a lot of flack on Twitter for taking this position. But if you add any of those three running backs to this offense with Josh Allen and already a good running back in Singletary, so a guy could take time to develop, or if he had an incident impact, man, you're just adding a weapon to this offense. So that's a tough one for me. I agree with you, and I'll pull up two points. Number one, I, they did sign Duke Williams, so they got Singletary Moss and Duke Williams. Duke Williams is not a lock. His contract is not nothing that's no. locked in, so it's not like they couldn't move He's on from him. He's a good fit. Quick. He could be a good productive He, he is. I, I agree 100%. Yeah. Another thing, going back to what I've said multiple times now, is Brandon Bean tends to draft with the future on his mind as much as the present. And if you want to look into the future, Devin Singletary, I believe, is going into his fourth year and his final year on his contract. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, gonna... they missed on Moss, it looks like. Yeah, right. They missed on Moss, and so right. you have to correct that somewhere. Right. So if you go take a running back right now, he may be yeah. a running RB2 this year, um, but he mm -hmm. could take over that role after his rookie year. Maybe Singletary is going to go get money somewhere else, yeah. and now the Bills got a guy who's just as good, maybe even better, on a potential rookie deal for three years after that. So kind yeah, of I feels... take any three of those guys. And so that's a, well, let's if, do that. I, if you're in a position to do it, might as well be in the position to take the best one, right? Like not take the scraps later in the next round of a guy, hopefully slipping. Like if you're interested in running back and you're interested in that spot in the future, take the best one to add to your team. But if we are going to do that, let's come back to that for a second, because some other, possible stuff is still here on the board real quick even staying on this big board chad muma from uh wyoming i think again if you were interested in replacing uh tremaine Edmonds, that's a inside linebacker prospect that you could probably bring in and develop and fill in that role um john mechie the third wide receiver out of alabama so if you're still looking to add to that wide receiver i think that's a guy that you could take uh if you want to keep scrolling down here i like isaiah likely a tight end that's going to be tough room to add to i think with oj may i think you're banking on some improvement from him maybe sure. this year and um i don't know if they'll be able to retain if he has a dawson knox like jump uh oj howard they might not be able to retain him so maybe there is a future where you're you're taking a tight end to take that role on from howard as he goes forward um let's see scrolling down here nothing else is standing out to me as guys that i would calvin austin the third would be that speed fourth wide receiver that would hold you would be able to get rid of a McKenzie, get rid of a Stevenson and give him that role and let him be your wide receiver for, I think that that could be a pick here. Anything else you see Jeremy Rucker, uh, Ohio state tight end or yeah, Ohio state tight end. That'd be another guy um, again at the tight end position. But yeah, go ahead and click corner. Cause I think what do we see? you want to take a look at a corner specifically. Yeah. Uh, What's left. 
Yeah, so this isn't it's not pretty, right? You're probably we might pretty be, sick to your stomach. We might be calling Joe Hayden or or, or Nelson or somebody after this draft no, is over. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right, so let's get out of cornerback. We don't want any of these guys. Let's right go back now. to the big board. Yeah. So do you want to take a running back with me? I'm going to throw you under the bus with me if we. we start I I, I think it I, I think it's a good idea going back right. to again. I like it going back to last year. I think Brandon B knew. They didn't know, but he might have suspected a year ago that Basham yeah. and Greg Rizzo would eventually take over for Addison and Hughes. I'm not sure Hughes would have been back with or without Vaughn Miller. So yeah. he had the future in mind. I mean, we'll never know with Jerry Hughes, but uh, I, I'm good with taking a running back. A, okay. I can think he can, he can help immediately, and B, I think it's a good uh, three years after that, and now you're saving a couple million dollars by not paying Singletary after that. So yeah. I'd be good with that, man. You're okay. going to pick the guy, though. All right, so I'm going to pick uh, here. I, I'm be very happy with all three of them, so don't kill me if you like one more than the other. But uh, after what I'm a Michigan fan, and after what I saw Kenneth Walker do to the Michigan Wolverines, mm-hmm. which is a good defense, like Michigan has had a good defense for the last few years, and what he did single-handedly dismantling them, if he's on the board, I'm taking that guy. That guy's he has the potential to be a special running back on the right team. Uh, and so I, I would add that to my roster any day of the week. So done. Uh, well, all right. So that's done in round two. Now the bills will be on the clock when we get to 89. Yeah, so Spiller went off the board. Matchy went off the board. Um, Mumo went off the board. Calvin Austin off the board at 78. And Hall went off the board at 80. So the bills Let's are going to be on the clock here at 87. By the way, going back to the running back one more time. Yeah. Fans should be happy about the fact that which I don't think this will happen, but in, in our Mac, this is the way it played out. That was the first running back off the board. So the Bills got the first running back we off got the, the guy board we wanted. Yeah. At, at 57. I mean, yeah. I don't know so, who can complain about that. Yeah, the only thing you could maybe complain about that is now that we're sitting here uh, at pick 89, James Cook's still on the board, and I think that's one where maybe it's not a huge drop-off to wait around, and if James Cook is there, you take him instead in the third round and maybe get a better player at a different position in that second round. Mm-hmm. So that's something to think going forward that we're sitting here looking at James Cook, who is a guy I would also be happy with here. Um, uh, Jojo Doman, Doman uh, out of Nebraska is a linebacker. So there's a guy here that's going to be sitting a little bit down from here um, that I like a lot. So I've watched a bunch of Nebraska and Eric told me to, ch- Hey, kick your eyes in and take a look at this linebacker. I think you'll like him. Um, I think he's like a kind of a set safety hybrid, maybe Matt Milano kind of style linebacker. I don't think he's a guy you're going to replace Tremaine Edmonds with, but maybe you get, maybe you don't keep Matt Milano going forward and you do keep Tremaine Edmonds and you get Matt Milano's replacement. Maybe you think that position's a little easier to replace going forward. You take a guy like that there. He's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I'm not going to take him today, um, but you you'll probably hear us pull the pl- pull the uh, lever on that at some point through these mocks. Now, if you go down to right, right here at uh, TD rank number 100, Cam Taylor Britt. Ooh, I've done a number of mocks now, uh, five or six. I take Cam Taylor Britt every single time at 89th pick. You'll probably see it on every mock. I do this offseason unless they move their big board around. But if he's sitting there in the third round, it's a no brainer for me. And this is a guy that's giving me insurance to play around a little bit, play a little looser and take best player available in those first two rounds. I like Cam Taylor Britt a lot. He checks a lot of boxes for me for what I like out of Bill's corners. He's just athletic enough. He's not the craziest athlete at cornerback. He's got the right size. There's not an arm length conversation about this guy. He got burnt a number of times in Nebraska. You'll see that on the tape. But I think this Bills team can coach up corner. And I think he's got everything you need to look for. And I think he can fit right into this defense and what they're doing. Uh, he's the right kind of guy, too. He's got that Bills DNA. So this is a pick that I love. This one's easy for me. Yeah. I think you're going to see it repetitively from me. So be prepared. Cam Taylor Britt at 89 is my that's my draft crush right now. Yeah, that's um. I was wrong when I said I didn't think we'd be taking a corner. I, I, I quite honestly forgot about him, and I did not expect to see him near the end of round three because I've yeah. heard a lot of good things. I've heard Bruce Nolan talking him up, too, pretty well. All right, yeah. so we're going to be going into round four now, and we're going to get up to pick one. Yeah, Joe Miller likes him, 30. too. I've seen Joe take him in a couple of his mocks, and we both kind of high-five each other on. It's fun when it's confirmed that the guys that you're falling for in the draft are also confirmed by real smart guys that you like to listen to too. Yeah. Let me uh, review the first three picks for everybody listening and watching. So in the first round, I'm throwing the rest of these at a wall. I'm just throwing shit at a wall. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll be doing, especially the first couple. And I think 
over the next couple of weeks, especially you, because you spend more time studying these prospects than I do. I think you'll start to learn more about a lot of these guys yeah, that yeah, for maybe sure. we're talking about or you're hearing other people talking about. But anyway, to review the first three picks that the Bills have taken, Jordan Davis, um, defensive tackle from Georgia, just fell to us at 25. We couldn't resist him. Round two, we get the first running back off the board, Kenneth Walker um, from Michigan State. And then in the third round, we get a guy who I think a lot of people would consider a steal there at this point, Cam Taylor Britt, the corner from uh, Nebraska. All right, so we're up to round four. And like you said, first mock draft, first of five, no trades. This is going to be pretty much, who do you like on the big board? <laughs> They're at the top of it. And, and let's yep. just throw some darts. I mean, we don't need to overanalyze too much right yeah, now for sure. at this point. Uh, Kobe Bryant is a cornerback out of Cincinnati that I actually would not hate the idea of a double dip, similar to what Brandon Bean did a year ago and taking two ends. Now he did that in the first two rounds, but I think you could double dip here and feel fine. I he think did it with tackle last another, year too. Did it with tackle last year too. Yeah, I think you could fit both these guys on a roster. Uh, I don't think cornerback's deep enough where you could do that. So Kobe Bryant would be a dude that I'd be happy to bring in uh, to the system. I like both the Cincinnati corners, but Sauce Gardner is getting all the love. Uh, but I think Kobe Bryant's actually a pretty nice corner that I like a lot. So I, I'd be happy to take him there. Uh, Hassan Haskins is a running back. If we didn't already take a running back, I think he'd be a nice value add where, you know, maybe he's not top end type running back, but I think he could be a productive NFL running back as a third down back. Um, so that's a guy I would ha happily take. If you want to keep scrolling down here and we'll see. Uh, nothing else is Cam Jurgens be a guy that I take here. If you want another interior offensive lineman, potential future depth uh, interior offensive lineman, I think that's a guy I know you said you were interested in maybe addressing that. Say Ryan Bates doesn't come back on that restricted tender. Uh, and maybe that picks one that's a little bit sexier there. Um, you might be able, when, when's our next pick? Because now um, we're down in the one. So we're, we're, we're in round four, we're at 130. Our next pick's round five. five. And we'll be picking 168. 168. So maybe he's there. Maybe Kendrick's there. I wouldn't bank on it. So, um, Jurgens, Kobe Bryant. If you want to double up at cornerback, this is a good time where we could go yeah. with Jurgens, uh, your interior offensive lineman, just to check off another need. Oh, uh, Velas Jones Jr. is another one. Actually, what number off. is he? <laughs> He's what one thirty-two. So wide receiver, one thirty-two out of Tennessee. Yeah, you keep scrolling up. Scroll up one three two. Oh, Ellis Jones Jr. right there. Um, speed, tons of speed. Really good route runner. I think this is another I, guy I think you could add in. Uh, he can return kicks. I think he could do a little bit of everything that you're looking for. He had a really nice combine. I think he ran like 4-3-2 or something crazy like that in his combine. So this would be adding big-time speed, a guy that you can get the ball in his hands. Another guy I really like a lot. So we could we could add to a position of need here. If you I, like that. I like yeah. that. You want to do yeah. it? Pull the yeah, trigger. I like Ellis Jones. Let's do it. All right, so we just drafted a receiver, round four. Again, now we're going to be up to round five. And by the way, if he wasn't available and we would have went with the corner, I would have been happy with that too. I would think double dipping yeah. on the corner wouldn't be a we bad thing. We might still. Uh, Kobe Bryant went off the board at 148, so that's something to keep in mind. He won't be there. But there, there'll be some other corners that maybe aren't sexy names, but guys that you can just bring in, see what happens. All right. uh, so a guy went right before us that I would I would have loved at this pick, uh, Thomas Booker, interior defensive lineman. Uh, from Stanford, actually, uh, home of Harrison Phillips, his alumni. Um, I, th I think that that would be a guy that's actually a lot like a Harrison Phillips. To you be were honest. right. So you, you gambled and you won on guard. If we, if this is a spot yeah. to go there, yep. so there you decided. So actually, this is a really good spot to be because I think uh, so. Cam Jurgens is here, and then uh, I, I really butcher his name all the time, but Lectus Smith. Leslie Lectus Smith. I don't know. Somebody's going to tell me how wrong I said that, but uh, interior offensive lineman, Virginia tech. I don't know how to say his name, but I know he can play. Uh, <laughs> so you've got that. And I would be happy with either one of them. I've been taking cam Jurgens in mind because he's, I think he's got a little bit more of that positional flexibility that I like. Mm -hmm. Maybe he could be your rotational guy that they had, you know, John Feliciano as going forward here. So I would take cam Jurgens. All right, let's do it. Bam. Trigger pulled. So that was round five. Now we're going to round six. We got two picks here. We're actually going to have 185 yeah, and then this is a tough spot. And all these, all these mocks is a tough spot for me. Cause now you're getting into the area where I'm less comfortable uh, with the splattering of names that I'm used to and that I've seen and mm -hmm. I know anything about. And there's still a bunch of 
work to be done here with the two six rounds. You still got a seventh round pick. It's a lot left over. Yeah, I don't even know if the Bills are going to leave with this many picks. Probably not. I would lot. say probably not. But it's going to be tough. I don't know. Well, I mean, you could also use a theory that, hey, man, with the cap and, you know, all the money tied in some players, yeah. they want to get as many cheap guys in as they can. Yes. Another thing people are going to yell at us about is not taking a punter. Uh, the Draft Network does not have punters listed. Well, I never knew that. So, Good thing you told me that because I was going to suggest that near the end of this draft. I'm like, where's the punter? So just, yeah, for the listeners, just be reminded. I think there's a probably we're in the territory where I'd be totally cool taking a punter. I don't know where punter is projected. Send your hate tweets to Joe Marino. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so let's look at what's available here. Um, man, not a ton. Reed Blankenship is a guy that I actually liked last year. He is a uh safety out of middle tennessee he's sneaky he's not a super athletic dude but he his highlights are fun he could, i feel like he could be a guy that comes in and is like a core special teams safety that maybe can play spot duty throughout his career at times but this guy's your special teams you know he's one of your gunners something like that i think he could do and that's you when we're looking in the sixth round that's really what you're looking for is a floor, right? Sure. Special teams contributors. And if anything else, fantastic, but you're looking for guys that can fill in the back of that roster. Um, Isaac Taylor Stewart is like, again, if you were going to double dip at cornerback, I think that's a guy here that you could probably take nothing sexy, but some, maybe he comes in and figures out your system. Maybe he's a Dane Jackson level player, a late round pick that, is, Hey, he can clean up in some spot duty, help you. You can never have too many corners. So, I'm open to that. Let's scroll down a little bit here. Um, Chris Paul, an interior offensive lineman. I think you could double dip there, especially if uh, you know you're not getting Rick Bates back. You might want to double dip in that interior and have you know Cam Jurgens as a he's going to be your backup center. I know they like to have that solidified going into the year, and then maybe this guy's your backup swing guard. Um, uh, so Chris Paul out of Tulsa would be a guy that I would be happy to take here. Uh, Wanye Thomas down there, 195 from Georgia Tech, is a safety. So this guy's kind of like a Saran Siren Neal, but a little bit bigger, a little bit taller, a little bit bigger, uh, like a hybrid, large safety. You might be able to convert him over to a linebacker type. Definitely going to be special teams type of a guy, um, solid on special teams. So this is another, that's a guy I've been adding because safety is a sneaky need. Maybe he can be that big nickel type guy he's that i fall in love every year with those swiss army knife you do do. yes you do big fast type guys that you can get (laughs) and think that you can do whatever in the world with and they just not especially guys but um at some point you want to be bean likes hitting on sort of those freak athletes at some point they're going to hit on one so maybe that's the guy for you so there's a few options here right now what's your what's your preference Thomas, how many are you thinking? Thomas, Paul, or Blankenship, Blankenship. Or Stewart. Let's go with Thomas. I need some special teams. I'm going to rely on special teams at this point. And I think even positional value wise. Uh, so it's going to be one. It's up a little bit more. Um, he's going to be 195. For everyone wa- or watching me look like an idiot here, I am having a hard time seeing the bottom of the screen. That's why I'm there struggling to find the numbers. All right, so we pulled the trigger there, and we're going to be back up again soon here, I believe, at yeah. 203. 203. So we just took a safety. We'll call it a night. Yeah. Two more picks here. We've got a couple. Special teamer. Yeah, so, I mean, here's the other thing. Like, you want to get out of here and hit all those needs, right? But I think we're past the point of drafting for need necessarily because – you're really banking on some late round pick to fill a need. That's a tough spot to be in. So I think you're looking for guys that can, again, fill in those special teams roles. If it happens to line up with a position need, fantastic. But I don't think you're forcing it at this point. Like, right. hey, I got to walk out of here with another wide receiver. I don't think Brandon Bean's going to put himself in that kind of position. But um, if you were, uh, Jalen Naylor out of Michigan state is there again, not sexy, but I think he's got some speed and can get open and do some things. So that might be a guy that you just add to that wide receiver room. See what happens. Um, here, scroll down a little bit more. This is where it's going to get a little hairy. It keeps scrolling. Yeah. I'm not seeing a ton of stuff. I love here, dude. Um, any name standing out for you? No, this is, 
well, this is not your area. Once I get yeah, to, is, once I get to this part of the draft, I just in my mind I'm thinking camp fodder. I mean, I'm yeah. wrong because any of these guys can make a roster, you know. Sure, for, absolutely, yeah. Up. And I bet there's a bunch of good players. I haven't gotten deep into the sixth round. You know, fourth round is where I'm like super comfortable. I can, yeah. But I bet you will. By the time we get to the third or fourth, I bet you. Get around. I bet fifth. you you'll be. Oh yeah, I'll be there in another couple of weeks. Like sure. I guess I'm just behind the ball uh, right now. But I'll take uh, Jalen Naylor out of Michigan State here with that since. We didn't see anything else sexier at this point. Okay. You know, we can add another wide receiver. That doesn't hurt my feelings. Like you said, look, the team's not married to Stevenson being on this roster. The team's not married to Isaiah Hodgins being on this roster next year. They did resign Jake. I mean, they're really not even married to Isaiah McKenzie. That deal that he took is not a, hey, we're, you're part of our future plans here. Right. All right. So Um, we're coming up on the final pick of the Buffalo Bills for this mock draft. And again, I would definitely have taken a punter if not in the sixth, certainly yeah, in the seventh where there sure. were one available, but we're at pick 245 yeah. as things stand now. That's just not, now is literally the time. There's a guy I'd love to take, but he already, he's off the board here at the pick 243 smoke Monday. He's a safety and he's already gone. He's off the board, but I just love that name. Smoke. Ah, Monday. That's a sweet ass name. <laughs> that's a, that's a name that's worth a seventh round flyer. Even though Kobe, Bryant, even though Kobe Bryant, even though the, the name Kobe spelled differently, yeah. With this prospect, I just when you were talking about, cool. it, I'm like, man, that would pretty that'd be pretty cool, cool for uh, the Bills to take him. All yeah, right, for sure. Who are we taking here, man? I don't care. Here, uh, scroll down. So yeah, I mean, we're in the seventh round. Honestly, if you're super advanced on the seventh round, guys, more power. To yeah, you. congratulations, you, man. You, you've spent more time on this than I have. You know what? You uh, know what's funny? Before before you make the pick, I yeah. like to go back and say, you know, throughout when they actually had the draft where some of these guys end up going, it's fun to say, though, this guy was a steal or, man, we were way off. We were a couple rounds off on this guy. Or we might have hit on a couple picks. So you might get lucky and hit on one anyway. That's the point. That's right. Yeah, this guy's going to be my uh, my guy. So let's see here. Anything I'm – man, I don't know. Nothing really is doing anything for me. Scroll back up to the top. Let's just – Are there any linebackers on this list? I'd like to add here, a linebacker ahead, look at linebacker. Somewhere. Yeah, look at linebacker. Go to position. It ain't pretty. Um, Tremaine, you're definitely staying long-term. I'm just joking. Yeah, tre- yeah we got the deal done, Tremaine. Uh, <laughs> t- take the kid out of Auburn. I said, or no, uh, take the guy out of Texas A&M. I think Bill's had scouts there today. Let's, uh, let's take that guy. I don't know him. Don't know his name. But he's coming. He's going to play some special team snaps. And you're in hands for it. Oh, okay. All right, so now we're, look, we got to let this finish. And then we will review the Buffalo Bills, our first of five Buffalo Bills mock drafts. Not a great draft. It was. It was all right. It was. Where the hell did it go? I oh, lost. Did it. you? Did you get rid of it? <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and listen. Well, I can remember off the top of my head for the most part, though. Usually, it tells you who it took. It just automatically reset. So, <laughs> I'll get wow. out of here. I know we took Jordan Davis in the first round. And when I go yep. back and listen, I'll have a list. Um, second round, we took the running back Kenneth Walker out of yeah. Michigan State. I remember that. We took the corner Britt in the third round. I had to go back for names, but I know we took a wide receiver in round four for sure. Bellis Jones, yeah. Yep. Um, after that, I God, I now I'm starting to draw a blank in the fifth. Oh, shoot. What did we take? Um, I don't remember. Only the first four rounds are going to end up counting anyway, but I'll have to go back and uh, and look up the names. Cam Jurgens. We took Cam Jurgens. Yeah, Cam Jurgens. That's the pick. He was the guard for sure. Jurgens. And then we took. Uh, we took another receiver. No. No, that Wanye. was closer to the end. Uh, we took the safety, I thought, in the mm, yeah. Thomas. Yep, 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 yep. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask you, looking back at this, all right, so we go defensive tackle, running back, first two rounds. Player yeah. value feels really yeah. good. Yep. Positional need com- relative to other positions on this team. Not great. Doesn't feel great. You know what I'm sure. saying? But I think... When all is said and done, because we like, you know, we're kind of playing pretend right now. We're being pretend GMs. We're doing a pretend draft. We're so very much playing pretend. When, yeah. when pretend draft night's over and, and this draft happens, what do you think Bills fans are feeling right now? Objectively speaking. Uh, I think what they should be feeling is my football team got better. I think if you walked away with this draft, you would say my football team got better. I think I added four players that can contribute. The immediately to your Super Bowl effort um, in mixed roles. Like I, I do think 
I think Jordan Davis would come in and be an impact player right away. Uh, maybe not in the first few weeks, but I think you'd have a tough time keeping him off the football field. I think Kenneth Walker would make an impact right away, even as a third down back. I, I think that you could get him making an impact on this offense. Uh, and then Jones, the wide receiver out of Tennessee, I think that he's a guy that could maybe take over that gadget role for Isaiah McKenzie and be a part of this offense uh, in, in the return game, possibly. Uh, so I, I think that there's positional value there that maybe it's not position in need, but guys that would impact this 2022 Bills team right away. And then you have some depth pieces behind here that hopefully they work out over the next three to four years. I would think Bills fans would be happy with this draft because you're talking about a guy in Jordan Davis. First of all, he might not make it to pick 12 Probably from, from what we're seeing and reading and, and hearing um, on social media from a lot of draft experts. Certainly not. It would be very unexpected. for Even him if this guy's it. no good, if he's sitting there with his size measurables, like the athletic testing, Jesus, you'd have a hard time not me running up to pound the podium for that. Just on the sheer fact that he's sitting there still like those right. types of that type of athleticism and measurements, whether or not he's a good player or not, is the type of stuff that gets you picked in the top 10. I love the running back in, in round two. I, I think you could have made a fair case, at least a semi-reasonable case, that Walker or Hall, and you know, maybe if, if Davis isn't there at 25, you might have had a fair case to make for them being the pick at 25. Sure. I think. And he's the first running back off the board. So I, I do think when people look at this, they'll be happy. I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Again, based on projections at this point, which you never know how things play out, I consider our first of five mock just a little unreasonable not our yeah. fault you know it's just the way the board played out i just i just don't feel like davis would be there at 25 and i don't feel like walker is going to be there at 57 i love brit in the third round i don't know how realistic that is i i've seen him going in the second round of some mocks and, and and stuff like that but that's one pick i would love that i mean i'd feel good about cornerback if they came away with brit in round three they got a davis and a walker and then they got brit in round three i'd be ecstatic yeah. about that i'm honestly thinking so this I'm not trying to compare it to Terry McLaurin, but Terry McLaurin was my draft crush a few years ago. And he was a guy that at this time, that draft process, he was a guy I was taking like in the fourth round consistently. And then like, I kept creeping up and I, I would be with Greg and I'd be like, Greg, we need to take Terry McLaurin in the second round. And he'd be like, dude, we can't take Terry <laughs> McLaurin in the second round. People will kill us. Like he's just not that play, you know, and he wasn't on all the boards and stuff. Uh, and then eventually by the time it got up to the draft, there's talk about him. Well, maybe he is a second round. Maybe he can come up into that first round. But my point being uh, Taylor Britt, I feels like that guy to me this year where he's always there for me in the third round, but my heart says, man, I'd be happy taking this guy in the second round. And I think by the time this draft process is over and all that stuff shakes out, I think he will be more of a second round player. Uh, when it's all said and done. But until then, I'm going to continue to take him in the third round every time he's there. Last question, then I'll let you go, Aaron. And it's not really draft-related right now, but the only mystery, I think, with the Bills going forward at this point today as we're recording this is what happens with Ryan Bates. And I think it's pretty significant because you're talking sure. about a guy who they're going to lock into a right guard with Sample yep. there on the left now. But it's anything but a given that he's going to return. Um, yeah. My gut yeah. tells me I don't think he will. I think somebody's going to give him an offer that the Bills might have a hard time matching. And this has been talked about too. Maybe the team doesn't quite value Bates as much as a lot of fans do. That's certainly possible. But that aside, do you see the Bills doing really anything else before this draft? Like, do you think this roster right now is what they're going to have going into the draft? Do you see anything else happening? Whether it's maybe adding a corner, do you think maybe they wait till after the draft? Because if you remember last year, there were a handful of pretty good veteran corners that did not yeah. get signed until after the draft. Right. Um, do you see that? happening? It might, play out, that? it might play out that way again this year. I think they're talking in that market. I think that they're talking to some corners now that whether or not it's, Hey, if we wouldn't miss out on this thing in the draft, we have a contract waiting for you, but you know, we're going to try to address it there. If you're still there, we'd love to have you in. Or if it's trying to get a guy in now, I know that they're at least active. There's enough corners in that market where whether it's pre or post draft, they have some insurance, I think. Uh, Joe Hayden's of the world, those types of players are out there. Uh, one of those guys is going to be available, Patrick Peterson, Joe Hayden. Uh, Steven Nelson, again, is sitting out there in free agency still. So there's Might guys. Last year. Yeah, I did too. Um, but again, the, the league must not be super high on him 
because he's still sitting out there in free agency. So maybe he's had for a one year deal so he can get his money right next year. But I, I think there's going to be opportunities where if you do miss on the cornerback that maybe it's not the fix that fans want, especially with the absence of Trey possibly for a little bit of time next year. But I think it would be good enough to have filled the hole and maybe get you close to the floor where you were last year. It was still a really good team. I think ultimately too, we got to remember that like even with this draft, this is a team that going into the draft is the Vegas favorite for the Super Bowl. Like this is all icing on the cake of something that's already real good. You know, I'm glad you said that. What a perfect way to end the show too, because I watched that Von Miller, um, that clip on the Bills official website, yeah, yeah. and it was really cool. One of the, the comment that he made the most that stood out to me wasn't his political, you know, just typical fluff talk during the the, the press with the media. He said something I can't remember who it was too, but he said the Bills were going to win a Super Bowl without me. He said that, and I was like, man, that's pretty cool uh, of him to say. I, I kind of like that. I like where this team's at right now, and I think they did enough in free agency, especially signing Vaughn Miller and plugging up some other holes that I think for yet another year, second straight year, they're going into the draft right now. And I legit think if it's even close to being a tie, they're going to be in a position where they could just take the best available player because there's no glaring, oh my God, they need this position so bad right now. You know what I'm saying? I like that a lot. Yeah, Corner is probably the closest to it. And I don't know that we addressed it enough today, but we'll get there. Yeah, we will. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Aaron Quinn. Again, this is the first of a five-part series. So going to be coming back at you for the next four Wednesdays leading up to the draft. And I maybe next week, if not next week, certainly round three or version three, we'll definitely start mixing in some trades as well. And next week, I'll make sure I write all these picks down so I don't go to go scrambling after we are already recorded this. Thanks for joining me, buddy. Appreciate you, man, as always. Thanks for having me, bud.